Welcome to Found in Space, a science podcast for kids and teens. Why is Earth the only planet with water? Thank you so much for writing in with such a fun topic to talk about. So, yeah, when we think about the planets and the bodies in the solar system, think about, say, Mars or Jupiter or Venus, Mercury, the sun. One thing that we don't see on those planets or those objects is water, liquid water on the surface. Now, when you look at Earth, you see, wow, Earth is covered in water. We have the big blue oceans and we have our ice caps and we have our clouds. Now, here's something important to note though. The water that we see on Earth, the blue oceans, that is liquid water. And water can have different states. We know that water can be solid, liquid, and gas. So it turns out we do actually see water on other bodies. Not all of them, but many of them have water. Like Mars. Mars has ice caps. Or Jupiter actually does have some water in its atmosphere. But it has a lot of other stuff. So let's look at this question in a little bit of a different way. Instead, let's ask, why is Earth the only planet with liquid water on the surface? And how did it get there? Okay, so water is H2O. Have you ever heard it called that? Yeah. So what does that mean? H2 is two hydrogens and O for oxygen. So each little tiny, tiny piece of water, the tiniest possible piece of water is a molecule of water made from two hydrogens and one oxygen. Now, hydrogen is the most common of all of the elements in the whole universe. Almost all the atoms that exist are hydrogen. And oxygen is actually the third most common. But for most purposes, we could think about it as the second most common because helium, the actual second most common, doesn't tend to interact with other types of elements. It's what we call a noble gas, which means it doesn't really interact. Its outer shell is full. So water is made from the two most common interacting elements. And that means there's a lot of water all over the place. There's so much water in space. But most of that water is going to be in the form of teeny, teeny, tiny crystals little tiny chunks of ice that are really, really spread out. So it's not like you could go swimming in the water in space. It's not until that water gets squished together and warmed up to just the right temperature that we get liquid water. Now, if you warm it up too much, it turns into gas. So that's what we see happen on planets like Mercury on the day side and Venus, it's just too hot for there to be liquid water there. Now, in the very distant past, some scientists think that 
Venus might have had oceans, but it's way too hot there now for there to be any oceans. We do also see liquid water in other parts of the solar system, but they're not up on the surface. Some of the places that we see it are places like Europa. This is one of the Galilean moons or the satellite planets that are orbiting around Jupiter. Now Jupiter's really far away from the sun. So it's very, very cold there. And on the surface of Europa, it's all water ice. But if you go deep down underneath that ice, we think that there's lots and lots of water. And there's a lot of these kinds of planets all over our solar system. Pluto is an example of one. Enceladus is another. Triton. These are all places that we think have lots and lots of liquid water on the inside where it's protected and where it can be kept a little bit warmer than out right next to space on the surface where it's really, really cold. So let's go back to the formation of the solar system to think about why is it that we see water on some bodies, on some planets and objects, and not on others. So we think that our solar system formed about four and a half billion years ago, and that it formed from the leftover material when another star exploded. And so stars are what we think make elements in the first place. So we think hydrogen, and some of the helium and a tiny, tiny little bit of lithium comes from right after the Big Bang. But all the other elements all got made by stars sticking that hydrogen together to make heavier and heavier elements, or by things that have to do with stars, like when a star explodes in a supernova, or when two dead stars called neutron stars smash into each other. They can make elements that way. So we think that there were stars that went through their life cycle of forming, making lots and lots of new elements, ex eventually exploding, and then all that material coming together to make a new star and on and on. And so by the time the solar system was formed, there had been several stars that had formed, exploded, a new one formed, exploded. That's why we call it a life cycle. Even though stars aren't really alive, the, when one um, is destroyed, or ends, the material from it can make a new star. So it's this wonderful little cycle that happens. So a lot of the material that was in that star, that formed new stars. So it'd clump into these new stars and, and most of the material would go into the star, into the sun. So the majority of the nebula that made us went into the sun, but there's a little bit of leftover material. Now, some of that material left over was water. Now, some of it was also iron. Some of it was all of the different things that we see around us, nickel and uranium and oxygen and all of these different things. Now, the majority of it, most of it was probably hydrogen. Okay. So, in order for planets to form, we call this accretion, for a planet like, like Earth to accrete, the material needs to start to bump into each other. So imagine this big cloud of material and it's swirling around the young baby sun, kind of like a big frisbee or like they're almost like the rings of Saturn. And the little pieces, the little tiny 
bits of iron and the little bits of water and all of those sorts of things, they're going to come together and start bumping into each other. And so let's say you have two little tiny pieces of iron, they bump into each other and they're going to stick to each other. And then it starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger. More of those stick together. Now you have something the size of a pebble and then the pebbles stick together to form boulders and on and on and on till we get bigger and bigger objects. But the type of material that is going to be able to stick together is going to depend on how hot it is. So water isn't going to freeze into a solid and be able to stick to other chunks of water until it's really, really cold. So the distance away from the sun where that can happen is what we call the frost line. So it's like everything outside of that is frosty because the water is going to be frozen and the things inside of that line closer to the sun, water is going to have a harder time being frozen. Sometimes it might be able to, but most of the time it's going to be a liquid or even a gas. Now earth is inside of the frost line. So earth is where water probably didn't help build our planet. Our planet, we were probably made mostly from iron, and that's what's at our core. And silicates, where actually there's a lot of oxygen, but not just oxygen floating around, oxygen inside of molecules being used as an ingredient. Now, outside of that line, water could be used to build the planet with. And that's why we see a lot of planets outside the frost line that have large amounts of water then, like Neptune. Neptune has huge, vast amount of water. It also has other materials as well, like methane, for instance, or ammonia. And our little tiny dwarf planets that we've talked about before, like Haumea and Pluto and Aries, those probably have a lot of water because they probably formed outside the frost line. So if Earth didn't form with water, where did that water come from? Now, this is something that has definitely puzzled and fascinated planetary scientists. And we've got two ideas about where the water might have come from. And it probably came from both. Now, the first idea is, believe it or not, volcanoes. <laughs> yes. So when a volcano erupts, it not only lets lava out, but have you ever seen that there's a whole bunch of gas that comes out as well? And that gas often includes things like CO2, carbon dioxide. It includes lots of different sulfur compounds, but it also has water, lots and lots of water, because water is made from two really common ingredients. It's made from hydrogen and oxygen. You stick the two together and you get water. So probably about half of Earth's water came from volcanoes erupting over millions and millions of years when the earth was still very, very young. But what about the other half? Well, the other half probably comes from outside the frost line where comets and asteroids formed that they never got big enough to turn into a planet, but they still had little bits of water in them. And when their orbits got disturbed, kind of like what we were talking about last episode with the Oort cloud, if something got a little too close to them or a planet moved by and their orbits got disturbed and they fell into the inner solar system and they happened to smash into Earth, 
they would have brought water with them. So that's how we think about half of the water on earth got here. That's an amazing amount of water. It would have been millions of years and millions upon millions of these asteroids and comets hitting the planet to bring all of that water here from the outside of the solar system. Now we think that this happened to the other terrestrial planets too. So lots of asteroids and comets hit the moon. We can still see the marks of that. Lots of them hit Venus, Mercury, Mars. Now, why don't we see liquid water there today? Well, it's because Earth has just the right atmosphere. The atmosphere is the air. It's that layer of gas that gravity is holding onto and keeping onto Earth. And that layer acts like clothing for the planet. And it keeps it from getting too hot or too cold. And so we can have liquid water. Now, Venus has an atmosphere, but Venus has way too much atmosphere for there to be liquid water. It traps way too much heat in. So it's like Venus is wearing a snowsuit with a inside a sleeping bag in the middle of a hot summer day, right? It's just overheating, it's way too hot. Now, Mars, on the other hand, has an atmosphere, but it has way too little. So it's kind of like Mars is wearing a bathing suit in the middle of a snowstorm. It just gets too, too cold for the water to be able to be liquid. So the water is going to be frozen there. And the moon and Mercury, they barely have any atmosphere at all. So the side of them that's facing the sun gets really, really hot. So too hot for water, all the water would evaporate and the water on the other side that's facing away from the sun, well, it's way, way too cold, so it would be frozen. So we don't see water in those places. So there's so many different directions that we can come at this question from. So this was just a great question. Thank you so much for asking this. It's been fun to talk about water, and there's so much more that we still need to learn about water and planets and how it gets where it goes and all of that. Water is something that we're really interested in finding on other planets because where there's water on Earth, we often find life. And maybe, we don't know, maybe there might be life on other planets with water. Maybe not. We're going to have to go and look. All right. Well, thank you so much, friends, for joining us here on the podcast. We really appreciate it. If you have any questions that you'd like us to talk about on the podcast, please have your folks send it into the email in the description box. And I hope that, as always, you have dark skies and remember to stay curious.